0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level.
1: Great quiet starting to settle over Flemington. Stand by, the last few are getting set. The stalls are locked, the field is set,
2: they're ready, and they're racing in the Melbourne Cup. I'm stepping in
1: there is no time Here's Makive Diva, a nation roars for a hero. This is how legends are made. Cross counters flag, the Blue Army have done it at last. My Blue Dynamite's flying will They're on top of the world. This is how legends are made. Larry Olsen driving it through. Kenzai's front to Empire Road. Kenzai's taken the lead and Kenzai won the Cup. Shocking with his head in front of crime scene. Shocking, drawing away. It's shocking to win the Melbourne Cup from crime scene. of Penzance, it's history at Flemington, Michelle Payne. The favourite has raced away in the Melbourne Cup, it's Let's Alive, this great mare has raced away, let Alive has won the Melbourne Cup. Fiorente just in front of Red Cadeau who's coming back, Oliver's lifting him and Fiorente won the Melbourne Cup again. This is how legends are made. Vanderholm was holding golden black at bay and Van der Holm was going to win the Cup. American for France, American is coming away, American Trevier! Victory! Vintage Crappers taken the Melbourne Cup. Johannes
2: Vermeer and Rekindling, stride for stride. Rekindling has won the Emirates Melbourne Cup.
1: This is how legends are made. Ray Lardy just in front. Think Biggers picking it up down the outside and Think Biggers got up to win the Cup. Sub-Zero wins the Melbourne Cup by two weeks. It's going to be close here. Kiwi's going to beat them all with a mighty run. East them on the line. Brew has hit the lead now. It's Brew in front, close to the line, and Brew has won the Melbourne Cup by two lengths. This is how legends are made. Bart Cummings might have his ten Melbourne Cups. lee has gone, two lengths, Count Sivers, but Lee wins the Melbourne Cup, safely This is how legends are payment tiger moths still trying to get
2: there. twilight payment what a ride what a win in a
1: cup we'll never forget this is how legends are made
3: cup day on radio tab and good morning everyone welcome to a special melbourne cup edition of past the post brought to you by archerparkracing.com.au i give my man a bit of stick over the year but producer dale that was an outstanding production you've put together there and uh, what's what's some wonderful memories, some some great memories. We know it's Melbourne Cup time, <coughs> Mandaris. I think we we have, enjoy that racing on the Saturday, then we're in the zone Sunday. and Away we go. It's non-stop Sunday, Monday, and then into Tuesday.
4: But yeah, how good is it? And our man Dale, that opener just sent shivers down my spine. That was tremendous. And it also, I think, David featured the last Melbourne Cup winner I backed. Let's a late I reckon we're looking back that far. That's how bad I'm going. But it's going to turn around this year.
3: Well, this morning we're going to go through them runner by runner, provide our analysis, our thoughts. If they can win, can't they win? Have they got a place chance? Have they got no hope at all? We'll tell you this morning and joining us as well to go through what's happening with the betting. And betting is big, big, big on the Melbourne Cup. Jared Daffy from the TAB is with us. Jared, good morning.
5: Morning, David and Ben. And I agree with uh, what you just said. That was an outstanding production to kick things off.
3: I think the uh, the praise now finishes. That's quite enough for this year. Quite enough this year. Hey, just you it, for... become accustomed to it. <laughs> <laughs> One hopes not. Just before we start, I don't know how much money the tabs got in the bank. They might have finished with a bit less yesterday. My God, there were some horror results there. putters filled up yesterday.
5: They certainly did, and, and a lot of those were very well back favourites as well. And, and some that they took on that were really short in the morning uh, when we did the previews at around about 8 or 9 o'clock, David, they got to a much bigger, uh, bigger quote throughout the day. So yeah, they might be chasing their tail today, the boys, uh, the bookie boys.
3: Let's swing into it. It's race seven at Flemington on Tuesday, 2 o'clock Queensland time, 2.30 for our SA and Northern Territory listeners, and, of course, 3 o'clock in Tassie, the Lexus Melbourne Cup. And we start naturally enough with number one, Twilight Payment, uh, drawn barrier two, fifty-eight kilos, Joe McNeil to ride. Jared, what's happening with Twilight Payment in the betting?
5: Twelve dollars after the barrier draw, out to thirteen this morning. Of course, last year's winner, fifteen last week, but uh, thirteen dollars at the moment.
3: Well, he has to be framed, Twilight Payment, with respect because he is the Melbourne Cup winner of last year, and of course. Carried fifty-five and a half, So he goes to 50, 58 this year, up two and a half kilos. He's a nine-year-old. So it is an imposing task, but it's not unprecedented because, of course, Think Big did carry more than 58 to win two Melbourne Cups back in the 70s. I suppose the question is, how is Twilight Payment going this year compared to last year when he beat them and beat them impressively? And on Pacer, of course. Well, I think the form says he's going really well, and I think that's borne out by his second to to Sonny Boy listed in the Irish St Ledger. And of course, Sonny Boy listed was the Ebor winner. So that's a great form line. Uh, the Williams uh, factor always has to be respected. A good gate to race on speed. I'm going to put him in, despite the weight, in the win category. I think Twilight Payment is a potential winner of the Melbourne Cup.
4: Well, that's interesting from you, David Fowler. Now we're moving on to the horse That will literally stop a nation. Jared Daffy incentivised the favourite, of course, drawn Barrier 16 uh, with 57 kilos, Brett Preble to ride. Was there any movement after the Melbourne Cup Barrier draw in betting last night?
5: There has been overnight, Ben. He's actually eased out. We all know the story. Um, He was basically 100 to 1 when the markets were first issued. He's got a picket fence beside his name and After the Caulfield Cup, that's when we started to see the serious stuff arrive. He was 280 within minutes of winning the Caulfield Cup. He got into 250. Ironically, uh, when he was given a weight penalty on the Monday, he got shorter, 230. He's been that way for two weeks, but just in the last four or five hours, he's out to 240. So 230 after the draw, 240 uh, this morning, and you might even be able to do a little bit better tomorrow, I would suggest. Well, I've got an easy one to assess here.
4: First up, fellas, for me, I think he's an absolute freak incentivized the former Queenslander. My only worry with him uh, going into this race, really, I guess, was the barrier draw last night. I think it's actually panned out perfectly for him. Barrier 16, maybe it would have been nice had he drawn a couple inside that, but just allows him to cross over, Brett Preble to cross over under his own steam. My concern was if he drew in, if he was a bit slow away, he could have ended up being shuffled back behind horses, potentially on the fence, uh, over racing, who knows. But I think it's almost a perfect barrier draw for him. Uh, in a year that is by no means the strongest Melbourne Cup without many internationals, I think it's his race to lose. There's a couple of little queries, I guess, The uh, 57 kilos. He has to defy history, really, um, to win with 57 uh, kegs. Um, black and gold in 1977, carried 57. And since then, um, only Maccabi Diva has been able to win with more than 57, ki- or, 57 or more kilos when she won a, f- a third um, Melbourne Cup in 2005. I don't think the weight will stop him. The other slight query is it has never been earmarked as his grand final. The Caulfield Cup was his grand final. Uh, Peter Moody's been very clear on that. But quite frankly, I just think he's too good um, I think they're the right odds, and I think he'll be winning the Melbourne Cup. So we'll put him
3: in the win category from you after that. Very much. Jared. Uh, just before we go off on incentivise, I find this fascinating, the betting, or what the betting will be over the next 48 hours, because we're in uncharted territory. We haven't seen a Melbourne Cup like this in years where there is such a short-priced favourite that is a local... And, you know, there are so many questions. Will the, 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 the small putters rally to him? Will the big putters step in if the price gets right? It's it's quite a fascinating exercise. What's going to pan out over these next 48 hours? Well, I can deal with one of those.
5: Uh, the small punters, no, they won't touch the $2.40 or anything around about that quote. They're not accustomed to those type of things. And that's why each and every year when the Melbourne Cup is on, uh, and I know this from uh, from dealing with these races for for many years now that all of the roughies are backed. This year we've got seven horses, uh, 101 or better already, so nearly a a third of the field. I think that sort of says where the field is at, but they're not accustomed to taking short prices. Uh, It it might actually uh, influence things like first fours, trifectas, and that. People might take incentivized to win with a handful to run second, third, or fourth if you're taking a first four, but uh, I take your point, and I think that's probably part of the reason why he's been 230 to 240
3: overnight. Number three is Spanish Mission. As we said, an absence of internationals, but this is one of them. Craig Williams is riding, came up with barrier 14 and 57 kgs, and pre-race EMFs go on for the first time. How is the public reacting to Spanish Mission in the market?
5: Well, this is a really, really tricky one, this one. Now, Spanish Mission had been the best back of the overseas horses that were coming anyway, not that there were many. Uh, He got in as short as $5.50 last week and I thought the way things were going and given the boom on him by some of the professional punters that he would probably have even been shorter come Tuesday. However, he's had that issue later in the week. He's out to $9 now um, and it remains to be seen whether he clears the vet test tomorrow but there quite uh, clearly is some sort of an issue there that is frightening the bigger punters away. So $9 $9 now, he was seven fifty after the Barry draw last night, so a significant move outwards
3: for Spanish Mission. I'm prepared to place faith in Tony Noonan, the caretaker trainer, man who's been around for a long time, great horse. But this horse had a, a skin irritation of the right lower leg. It had a knock, and uh, it was under the cloud. It's been passed by everyone bar the uh, bar the, the garbageman uh, to, to run, and you can't ignore this horse's form. The second to Stradivarius last time out is a great form line, He's only had the 18 starts, six wins, seven minor placings. Craig Williams, great jockey, high respect there. I'm going to say Spanish Mission is certainly capable of winning this race, and I just feel that you're getting the good odds now because of that, that cloud over him. Uh, but uh, I've got him on the win line as we go, Ben, to a top local hope. Yeah, firstly,
4: I uh, just want to say I'm colorblind. I actually literally am
3: I've
4: called the mighty golden black, black and gold. There earlier. Really. I've got already got about forty three text messages. So we're going going enormous early. I would.
3: I, I, I didn't hear it. Oh really? Okay. I, well, I
4: did. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I literally am colorblind Anyway, uh, number four, very elegant. Uh, we uh, the nine time Group One winner, Jared draws the car
5: park. Barrier nineteen. Gee whiz, big booking. James McDonald, fifty seven kilos. Well, it is a pretty ordinary barrier. Uh, you know what you get with Very Elegant. Uh, she struggled uh, in... I thought she struggled in the Cox Plate, but she still ran third. But that uh, jockey engagement is fairly significant. Jay McDonald, he went on a rocking horse at the moment. Now, we put her up at $14 after the barrier draw. She is already into 12 and I think that uh, that'll probably be the way that, um, you know, a lot of the once-a-year uh, punters will stick because of the McDonald factor. Yeah, I disagree
4: with you a bit there, Jared. I think Very Elegant is a winning chance. I thought her Cox Plate run from a Melbourne Cup viewpoint uh, was actually quite good. She went wide, obviously had to circle around them when uh, the first couple uh, cut the corner. It's been interesting, of course. Chris Waller um, has took until yesterday to confirm that Very Elegant uh, would start. We, we know what we're going to uh, get with her. She is a class mare. Uh, 3,200 metres, what do we think? It would help if it was a wet track. It's not going to be um, a wet track. But, look, I think in a, as we said before, not the strongest Melbourne Cup I've ever seen, I think she is a winning chance. I think she's a knockout chance. Uh, James McDonald coming off four fabulous winners, including a group one yesterday. He will have the fire in the belly to win his first Melbourne Cup. And I think if there is a danger to incentivise, I can see it being very elegant.
3: She was more than credible in the Cup last year, I think beaten just under four lengths, but the alley's not pretty, is it? If she drew better, she'd probably be a bit further up, but that's very elegant number four. Let's go to uh, a horse who really uh, swept the, the floor as far as the derbies were concerned last season, Explosive Jack, number five, an informal stable too.
5: Yeah, it certainly is an informed stable. Now, we put Explosive Jack up at 41 after the barrier draw. Uh, just got into 34 at one stage overnight, but back out to 41 this morning. But these Mar Eustace runners, um, given their profile, the horse's profile, and of course, Johnny Allen on board uh, carrying all before him at the
3: moment. So, $41, quite popular each way. Yeah, 54 kilos, barrier four. Uh, how has he um, progressed since that? that wonderful three-year-old season. I'd say not well enough to place in this cup, and I'm largely going on that Caulfield Cup run. He beat one runner home and was beaten nearly 15 lengths. Flemington will probably suit him better. The draw is kind, and of. you've got the the form combinations we mentioned, but not for me, A no for Explosive Jack.
4: Right. Rightio, Jared. we move on to horse number six, the the chosen one, the Kiwi coming from across the ditch. Of course, he's been here a little while. Damien Lane to ride, drawn to... Nicely in barrier five with fifty-four
5: kegs. That's right. And uh open forty one after the barrier draw. Yes. They've been around about that mark since uh since the prices were dispatched some two or three months ago, out to fifty one this morning. Yeah, look, he's a quite an interesting horse. I mean if we go
4: back a year ago, he ran third, a really nice third in the Caulfield Cup behind very elegant. Um ran fourth in the Melbourne Cup, was only beaten Uh, A couple of lengths So if you go back a a year or so ago He would certainly be in this race Uh, Gee whiz, he was a long way off them though In the Caulfield Cup this year I know Murray Baker quite well And I just know that he has a slight query On this horse at 3,200 metres Look, he's by far from the worst And Damien Lane's uh, booking is terrific I think he's a place chance But I probably couldn't see him winning
3: That's the chosen one Tab number six Tab 7 is Delphi. Talking about people informed, D Oliver takes the ride. Barrier 3, and a half for the Freedman Brothers.
5: Yeah, D Oliver, a significant uh, notification of rider there for, for those who, who follow the jockeys. A uh, couple of group ones yesterday. Now, he was 34 after the barrier draw, 41 overnight. But as we speak, I see back into $34. So there's been some specking there each way for Delphi, currently at 34. I'm going to
3: put Delphi in the the place chance category. I think if you're taking multiples, you've got to include him. As we outlined, Oliver and a good gate. The Caulfield run was plain, beaten 11 lengths, 13th of 18, raced on speed and dropped out. But that run was out of character to his overall form. He's only lightly raced, 10 starts, 5 wins, and he won the Herbert Power the start before at 2,400 metres. So if you're somewhat forgiving... With Delphi, I think you have to give him another chance. He hasn't ticked the thirty-two hundred box, but of course, he has won at twenty-eight hundred meters overseas. I'm not selling him short by any stretch of the imagination. Into the placings, number seven, Delphi.
4: Yeah, we move on to Ocean Billy. Uh, really rough chance, Jared, for Chris Waller, drawn barrier thirteen with Damien Thornton on board.
5: At the very best, Ben. Currently at 81. We actually put it up at 126 after the barrier draw, but as you'll hear when we go through these horses, there's been specking for, for most of the outsiders, but into 81. Yeah, look, I'm going to keep this brief. The positive with this horse is uh, he won the the
4: Auckland Cup, and another positive is uh, he's got Chris Waller. 3,200 metres may not be an issue the issue is he hasn't done anything really since and he just simply doesn't have the class. I was going to say no hope, but just because of the Chris Waller factor and just because he's,
3: he's you know, ticked the 3,200-metre box, I'll say very rough place chance. Very rough place chance, Ocean Billy number eight. We're a third down, two thirds to go. This is our Melbourne Cup preview here on Pass the Post for Archer Park Racing. You speak of Chris Waller. He settles up tab nine, Salino, With uh, the horror draw, Barrier 24 of 24, but great to see the Queenslander, Roddy Stewart, taking the ride on Salino. The lugging bit off for the first time, Norton bit first time, so some significant gear changes on the eve of our biggest race. A
5: couple of uh, interesting moves for this one. Now it was 51 after the Barrier draw yesterday, so you know, what is it, 12 or 13 hours ago, got out to 126 overnight, but I see now back into 101. So one of the outsiders, but uh, there has been some interest in it
3: this morning at 101. Well, if Salino happened to win, he'd be the first horse to do the Sydney Cup-Melbourne Cup double since Maccabi Diva. He's known Maccabi Diva, but by winning the Sydney Cup, he did tick off that 3,200-metre box. However, the Caulfield Cup run, like many will discuss or have discussed, Was disappointing. Only beat a handful home. A long margin from incentivise. And with that barrier, I just don't see where he gets to. I can't have him in the top four, number nine, Salino.
4: Number 10, Johnny Get Angry, trained by AFL legend Dennis Pagan. Uh, Barrier 22, so drawn the car park uh, with Lockie King
5: on board, Jared. Well, he won the derby last year. The way he's going at the moment, he'd struggle to beat me. But (laughs) high-profile trainer Dennis Pagan... And Glenn Boss um, gave it a bagging this week as to why it's in the field. He'll be our worst result. He already is. And, uh, well, this morning, 81 into 71. I realistically, he probably should be two or 300 to 1, but he's one of those horses where the once-a-year punters will be happy to be with him. He's a $71 chance.
4: Yeah, I think he should be 7,100 to 1. There's been controversy over this horse, as you say, getting a Melbourne Cup start. I don't mind him getting a start. I think it's a nice story. Dennis Pagan having a Melbourne Cup runner, but since he won the derby last year, he's done basically nothing. He's been beaten absolutely out of sight and there is absolutely no way I could have this horse, even in my top Fifteen.
3: So that's a no. We go to tab eleven. Night's order for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Stackhouse to ride barrier nine. Fifty-three kilos. Blinkers come off, and of course, ran in the Hotham yesterday, Jared.
5: It did. Uh, it's form's been a little bit indifferent this campaign, but uh, this was always the aim. One thing about this is that because of the Gay Waterhouse connection. There's always uh, each-way money for horses that Gay and Adrian Bott train in these type of races. It's currently 126 to win, 24 the place.
3: Of course, he was good in the winter. He won the Brisbane Cup at 3,200 metres, led all the way that day during our carnival, but it was a small and much, much, much weaker field than what he's opposed to here. I think we saw on the Hotham, he got beaten six lengths, and uh, he couldn't win, or in my opinion... Run in the top four on that performance on Tuesday. That was his fourth run this time in. So a pass from me for number eleven. Knight's order.
4: In number twelve, Persan. Uh, Jared. Quite an interesting runner. Uh, Luke Curry engaged. Fifty-three kilos. Barrier eleven for the informed team of Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace
5: wasn't far away in last year's Cup. It's been pretty good uh, in the three runs this campaign. Fairly solid in the market there at 34, although overnight it did drift from 26, so $34 for Perzan. Yeah, this horse is really taking his owners on a magic carpet ride.
4: He sort of came from nowhere last year. You remember he was actually the horse uh, that had that dramatic fall on Winx's uh, Farewell Day. People will remember him from that. And also... Um, You know, a bit of a giant-killing run into last year's Melbourne Cup where he ran fifth, third in this year's Melbourne Cup, uh, sorry, Caulfield Cup, I thought was a decent old run, although everything was well beaten uh, by incentivise. Do I want to back him? Uh, No. Um, And that's because, I guess, I don't think anything that ran behind incentivise in that race can turn the tables. But, yes, I'm certainly conceding him a
3: rough place chance. That's tab 12%. Thirteen is Cariff. Blake McDougall riding for Peter and Paul Snowden. Fifty-two and a half barrier eh, Jared,
5: one of the ruffies uh, was one fifty one overnight, but I hate to sound like a broken record, but they keep chipping away at these ruffies. It's into one two six this morning.
3: It was beaten a long way, nearly thirteen lengths by Torrens in the City Tads Cup at Royal Randwick. Can't run in the top four on that. If you were desperate to find some reason to to include Cariff in your your betting. Uh, has had two goes at 3,200 metres, Sandown Cup win, and did run second in a Brisbane Cup. And down in the weights, of course, two after it's run, in, it ran down, what, six and a half kilos. That's 13 cariff, but not for me.
4: Number 14, Master of Wine, Jared, one of the roughies uh, for the Hawks training team. Fred Kersley uh, would be a massive story, wouldn't it, for that clan if he could win a Melbourne Cup
5: uh, 52.5 kilos, barrier six. It would be. He was a boom horse a couple of seasons ago, but his last couple of campaigns have been pretty ordinary. Uh, there has been some interest in him, again, for the reasons that we just spoke about with those roughies before. Uh, 126 after the barrier draw, now into 71.
4: It was interesting. Showed a glimpse of form uh, in the Bark Cummings, only beaten um, a length and a half by Grand Promenade. is quite fancy, but runs either side of that have been terrible, really. Uh, got beaten out of sight in the Caulfield Cup. Uh, and his previous runs in Sydney. The Hawks team can get a runner to peak on the big day. Can they get this guy to win a Melbourne Cup? No way in the world. You cannot trust him. Absolutely
3: no hope. Okay, we put the pen through him. Number 14, Master of Wine. Number 15, Pondus. Uh, Williams here, Barrier 152.5. Rachel King riding. And pre race here, first time.
5: Yeah, 34 after the Barry draw, out to 51. It's worth mentioning this was back for a stack at its last start and it failed, but uh, you cannot possibly knock that combination. Uh, Williams and, and Hickmont might, might be some hope at 51. I would expect there to be some interest in that in the next 24 hours.
3: I'm going to put this in down the the, the, the bottom end as a, a rough place of 15 ponders. I haven't been that impressed with its two runs of the Bart Cummings and the Moody Valley Cup. It's an on-speed horse. Hasn't been far away, but... Uh, we expected more. It didn't deliver. But uh, I just see it getting that soft run near the inside. I do think it's a 3,200-metre risk. Uh, that's just a gut feeling without any any evidential proof. But just with a soft run, it could sneak into the top four at odds. 15 ponders. Uh,
4: 16 grand promenade, Jared for that training team of Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace. Uh, Kieran McAvoy to ride. Again, for another Melbourne
5: Cup, 52 kilos, barrier 21. Good combination, isn't it? Grand Promenade worked its way into the field with that uh, last start victory a couple of weeks ago. It's been around about the price. It currently is subsequent to that. 18 after the barrier draw yesterday. It's drawn out as well, drawn in 21. Touched 21 overnight, but just edges back in ever so slightly to $19 this morning. Yeah, one of four runners for Ma and Eustace, and how could you
4: possibly doubt them after their derby win with the Totsu incredible effort yesterday? But I am doubting this horse. Uh, Yes, won the Bart Cummings, but in that race got an absolute peach of a run right behind the leader. Look, he won well. Uh, I suspect he was just getting a bit tired on the line. He's drawn barrier 21 here, which is going to make it devilishly hard. Do I want to be backing him in a Melbourne Cup? Uh, No, I think he's unders, and I think he's a very rough place chance.
3: That's 16 Grand Promenade. We're two-thirds down, number 17, Miami bound. Barrier 17.52. Danny O'Brien is trying to resurrect some old form of Miami Bound by putting blinkers on for the first time.
5: Yeah, Miami Bound goes in around in most of these races, as it has done for a couple of seasons. I think it's more adept to a, to a wet track, David, but, uh, again, uh, a little bit of interest in it overnight, 151 to 101, but legitimately one of the outsiders.
3: Yeah, Danny O'Brien was, was interviewed yesterday, and he mentioned about Miami Bound that she is struggling to capture the, the form of last year. That's why the blinkers are going on. She was reasonable in the Mooney Valley Cup, but it's worth pointing out she had a crack at this race last year when she won the Mooney Valley Cup and she ran 14th. And I think it's fair to say that she's going worse this year than she was last year. So she misses the cut uh, for multiple players, number 17. And number 18, uh, I don't speak French, so I'm zero chance. Of... Port Guillaume. Port Guillaume, is it?
4: Okay, Port Guillaume, Jared for Ben and J.D. Hayes, um, the brothers from Lindsay
5: Park. Barrier 23 with Harry Coffey to ride. No, one of the outsiders and not really too much interest in this one at 126. Do you know what?
4: I, I give this horse no winning chance, but just a sneaky chance of running better than uh, people might suspect. I think uh, he has not done much his last year runs. He got well beaten in the Caulfield Cup, but so did a lot of horses. Uh, let's face it by incentivise. I think 3,200 metres uh, is right in his wheelhouse. Uh, look, he was going to be ridden closer, I know for a fact, in the Melbourne Cup. Barrier 23 uh, makes it hard. He can't win. I just think he's, he will run better than his odds suggest. I think he's a top eight chance at big odds. I'm declaring him a very rough place chance.
3: Very rough place chance. 18 Port Guillaume, 19 She's ideal for Bjorn Baker. Craig Newitt, barrier 20, 52 kilos.
5: Another one that's uh, toughened up a little bit overnight. It was uh, 126 after the barrier draw. It's into 81.
3: Yeah, she's ideal. Uh, I, I, I'm going to put her in the, the rough place chance category. Um, I thought she was going well this campaign. I thought this could be, you know, one of these Aussies that, that could really perform on Melbourne Cup Day. Uh, her Caulfield Cup run was reasonable. Seventh beaten, sixth or nearly seven length after a, a pass mark of the Metropolitan. Putting her in the very rough place, Chance, category 19. She's ideal.
4: Uh, we're down to, only got a few more to go. Down to number 20 future score, the OTI import or X import for Matt Camani, Dean Yundel to ride. Barrier 15, at 51.5 kilos, Jared.
5: The complete boulder of the field at 250 to 1. I don't think I need to say anymore. Yeah, I couldn't back him with stolen money.
4: Um, running six in the Moody Valley Cup simply not the right form, no hope.
3: Number 21 is Charlie Rose, 51 kilos, barrier 12. Damien Holland riding for Simon Wilde. A mare that's always had a, a good staying reputation, Jared.
5: Yeah, she certainly has. And. Uh... She'd been $15 prior to the barrier draw, barrier 12. That's middle of the road. Got out to 18, which I found a little bit strange because there had been support for her. But those market corrections this morning, she's back into where she was before the draw.
3: $15, very, very popular. Yeah, and I'm putting her up towards the top, not on the win line, but certainly on a strong place line. Now, I know she got beaten in the Adelaide Cup earlier this year as a short-price favourite, an odds-on favourite. Was fourth, beaten nearly five leagues. But she did have physical issues there. And I think this time in, she hasn't really put a foot wrong. Fifth run this time in, coming off the Geelong Cup win. I give her a, a, a good, solid top four hope. Number 21, Charlie Rose.
4: Yeah, 22, Jared, floating artist for those men again. Kieran Ma, Dave, uh, used a huge moment for uh, T O Nugent.
5: Uh, barrier 10, 50 kilos. Well, this has been well and truly in the market for the last couple of weeks, Ben, and uh, nothing has changed there. $16 after the barrier draw yesterday. Again, a nice barrier there, barrier 10. You can't knock it. It's just edged out slightly this morning to $17. Yeah, it didn't run yesterday
4: to try and get a a slot in the Melbourne Cup. Ended up being uh, the right decision. Look, been very, very consistent uh, since arriving um, from Europe uh, basically, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Look, I'm just questioning that Mooney Valley Cup form coming off a second to Luna Flare uh, in that. Look, um, he, this import has won one race over 2,400 uh, in Europe, but that was way back in 2019. But sort of no, there's nothing, you know, you can't d- doubt Marin Eustace, but I'm just questioning whether. The 3,200 metres is right in this horse's wheelhouse. Look, I think this horse is well unders, to be honest. I think it's a very rough play. That's
3: number 22. The last two, 23 Great House, another Waller runner. Mickey D rides, Barrier 7, lightweight, 50 kilos. And coming into this race, off the Hotham Handicap win with 57.5.
5: And as you would know, David, going back through history, those horses that won on the Saturday or were beaten on the Saturday and backed up on the Tuesday, always hard to beat in the cup. Not many go down that path uh, anymore, but this one had to. We put it up at $26 after the barrier draw last night and after the win yesterday, it's into 23 So one of three or four that are well and truly in the market that have started to firm up.
3: And it's another one that, that rates well with me from the, the place line, the strong place line. Made nothing wrong with this horse's form on the Newcastle Cup, was solid in the Metropolitan. I thought it was solid in the Caulfield Cup on the wrong part of the track and, as we said, won the Hotham. So number 23, Great House, in on the strong place line.
4: Yeah, the final runner of the Melbourne Cup field, really interesting horse, Sir Lucan uh, for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Uh, Glenn Boss knows how to win a Melbourne Cup, obviously. Barrier 18, 50 kilos.
5: this is one that's just there and and hasn't generated any media at all, but it's well and truly in the market, boys. Um, Barrier 18, not a good draw, uh, but $21 after the barrier draw, it's out to 26 this morning.
4: Yeah, I think you've you either take this horse on sort of well, I trust is the wrong word. I mean, it's hard to know what to make of him. You've just got to trust that Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott have got a right, the right horse for the Melbourne Cup. Got beaten out of sight in the Sun Legend last time. Uh, before that, um, you know, had pretty decent European form. But gee whiz, we haven't seen him uh, race uh, in Australia. This horse, so look, it's just hard to know what to make of him. Uh, He's a bit of an X-Factor horse, though. I'd say he's a place chance.
3: A place chance, a good place chance or a rough place chance? Somewhere in
4: between. What do uh, you think?
3: No, no, I'm putting him... On. I'll go rough place chance.
4: Yeah, Look, so. to be honest... It's
3: getting too expensive to, for us. To,
4: to be honest, without uh, the Gay Waterhouse uh, and Glenn Boss factor there, uh, I'll probably give him no hope. But he's certainly in the market and who
3: knows. Your top four in the Melbourne Cup for Tuesday...
4: Yeah, uh, no surprises here. Incentivise, I think, is a freak, as I said earlier. I think we'll all be winning. I think very elegant. It's a very good place bet. Uh, then I've got Charlie Rose as uh, my third best. And I thought Salino, even though you potted Soleno, uh, the Sydney Cup winner, I thought um, could sneak in the fourth.
3: Okay, okay. well, you've gone 2-4, 21-9. I'm going for incentivize as well. Got strong faith in him. I've got faith in Spanish Mission as well, despite all the the, the, the clouds over it. I've put four very elegant in for third. I'm just a little concerned by the alley and the map and Charlie Rose number 21 for the fourth spot. Two, three, four, 21. Jeremy, what are you doing? What are you coming up with?
5: I've gone along similar lines. Two incentivised to win from three Spanish Mission, uh, 21 Charlie Rose, and 15 a ruffy there, Pondus. 2, 3, 21, 15.
3: 2, 3, 21, and 15. Jared, appreciate your time this morning. I know you've got a busy couple of days, but thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Jared Daffy from the tab with our Melbourne Cup preview. So I wonder if we've confused putters enough now. I suppose not really. We've all come up with incentives.
4: Yeah, I think where we differ, or where I differ from you and probably a lot of people, I'm totally potting Spanish mission. I I just think uh, he was, don't forget, he was meant to come here for a Caulfield Cup. That was meant to be his pathway into the Melbourne Cup. They wanted to get that Australian run into him. Um, You know, only a little setback, I guess, but this vet stuff worries me. Nothing significant, I know, but by far from an ideal Melbourne Cup preparation. Everyone talks about Stradivarius, got close to Stradivarius, yes. Ageing champion, we passed his best, yes. Uh, Could I back Spanish Mission at $15 in the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, I could, but I couldn't, no
3: way I could back him at $6 or $7. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday because these shows are taped, you know. <laughs> uh, they, it comes back to haunt you. Don't worry. Years and years I've gone through all of this. And they love bringing it out when I make a mistake.
4: Yeah. Well,
3: well I, 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 will, I will say this.
4: Uh, actually, I probably shouldn't say it. But Say uh, it. <laughs> say it. Uh, I don't know whether I should. But say w- it. W- <laughs> one, one year, my top – I don't know whether say I should it. say this. My top four in the Melbourne Cup, my top four tips, yeah. uh, six months later, none of them were with us anymore. It was oh. sad innings for all of them. So, oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Well, you I shouldn't told have you. Said that. Well, I told you I shouldn't have said. I shouldn't have said that.
3: No, <laughs>
4: you're the best. You are. Good. You're right behind
3: <laughs> me. About a thousand meters behind me. Good luck, folks, with your Melbourne Cup bets on Tuesday. But of course, that's only part of the show. We had a hell of a day yesterday. Derby day at Flemington. Golden Eagle day at Rosehill Gardens. Back to look back at it after the break.
0: This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing taking
3: racing ownership to the next level. Don't forget the Archer Park Racing website, archerparkracing.com.au. Two-year-olds are in full stride now. There's plenty of shares there for plenty of youngsters, and you can be running in the Magic Millions in January. Well, it was derby day at Flemington yesterday. Let's go straight to the derby. This was a very, very strong betting move. The horse was called a Totsu, five fifty down to run $4 and favourite. 600 to go, it's
2: Jungle Magnate leading from El Rocco and then came Allegron, dug up out three wide, gun deck behind those horses, character presents four deep, hero behind them from T-Waters, forgot you with a lot to do from Commander Harry, Car Kaka unleashing down the outside as Allegron went for home, 350 out, it's Allegron, it's done some work but it kicks away, two and a half lengths in front of Hitotsu who's out into the clear and chasing, Allegron at the 200, here's Totsu though, Finishing at a rate of knots, Hitotsu goes on by, Hitotsu storms away, Hitotsu wins the Penfolds Victoria Derby, two legs Alegron, T-Water's third, Raging Bull fourth, a long gap Forgot you. Chuchu Kaka, next to finish Cerberus Clyde, then character Jungle Magnate, well back in the field, Gun Deck Gunstock, Commander Harry, then a long gap Akahiro El Rocco and cheerful moment was last.
3: And the strong betting move came off. A Totsu was dominant in the Derby. John Allen, of course, riding the Cox play winner last week, the Derby yesterday. He's having a wonderful time. So too is Ozzy Keir, because of course he's a part owner of a Totsu, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning on Past the Post. Ozzie, congratulations.
6: Thank you.
3: Thank you, David Bed. Good to talk to you guys. Tell yeah. us tell us, um, I've listened to a number of experts about uh, Kieran Maher and David Eustace. They all say the same thing. Don't second-guess them. Don't doubt them. They know what they're doing. They're masters at their trade. And here's a classic case. A horse who ran in the guineas. There was no other lead-up run. Straight to the 2,500 of the Victoria Derby. Mission accomplished.
6: Oh, look, yeah, they're they're amazing. Um, We we, we were sort of struggling to get to the Derby. Um, we're a little bit behind the eight ball. He had, a, he had a slight setback earlier on with conditioning and everything. So when we got to the Guineas, we got there and um, we would have loved to have, another, to have had another run, but um, that wasn't to be. And we just thought um, we'll go straight to the Derby. And there was no question about that. And probably a week and a half prior... Um, they called me and said, oh, he's flying. Um, Johnny, got, Johnny Allen had got off him and said, this horse is airborne, ready to go to the derby. So that was enough for me to be very happy with. And um, we got the result in the end. So very, very good outcome.
4: Well, as you take us back to September 12. It must be just about the most famous maiden win in Australia now. At Donald, a $25,000 maiden. Uh, when a tattoo lined up at a dollar twenty four, was it that day? I know it was only a maiden. Was it that day you sort of thought, "Wow, we uh, this is only a maiden, but this horse is something special"?
6: Yeah, look, we had we had some mixed news on that day. We, we, we sort of, as an ownership group, was we split with the decision to go there, um, whether we, we sort of went to a better race or hit to Donald. But after that race, that was pretty much the riding on the wall that we, um, the horse was back because prior to that he'd only had three starts and I think um his best result was a sixth um and he's three starts prior as a two-year-old so um to come out and break his beat and win and you know what was well, probably six weeks later now to win the group one derby was a great achievement by the stable and um I'm very happy for all the owners and the stable and you know it there was a there was a lot of people celebrating that win last night. That's for sure. Um, we've run out we run out of booze at about <laughs> nine o'clock. So luckily the the bar had to close. But um, it started to get very messy late in the evening.
3: For any owner to win a Derby or an Oaks, uh, win a blue riband race is a is a wonderful achievement and a, a wonderful privilege. The thing about this horse, with, with the Derby, that it's it's mission accomplished. As I said you've got a horse down and only had five starts. And what I liked about his win yesterday, sometimes we see these derbies and they're real slack and weather. They're they're out on their feet. But honestly, he had all that energy conserved. He was coiled up, ready to go. He had a lot on them, Ozzy.
6: Yeah, look, he was very, very impressive. And
3: I agree with that. You
6: know, a lot of the derby winners, you sort of look at them and go back and, and think, you know, sometimes they're a bit dour. And they need to be dour to win those, those races. And they're just better than the rest of them. But... Uh, his win was 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 very impressive, and uh, we're pretty confident that we've got a very talented horse to go on with next year um, and you know, and beyond. And look, who 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 knows what holds for it? In, you know, for him in 12 months' time, you know, we might be talking cups. Um, we might be talking way for age races. We don't know. Right now, we can live that dream. And um, look, he's got an amazing turn of speed or turn of foot, and that's what wins you a lot of these big races. And he's just. It's very green, Um, you know, another six months or 12 months in in, in the hands of Kieran and Dave. Who knows what they can, you know, do with him. A bit bit more condition on the horse and, um, yeah, very exciting to see what the future holds for him.
4: Aussie, what was the wash-up on Forgot You? Of course, Forgot You, um, you're in as (laughs) well, was the early um, or was the favourite for the derby for for most of betting. Uh, Ran fifth, got beaten more than eight lengths. he just probably come to the end of it or what what was the wash-up? Yeah.
6: Oh look, nothing will be taken away from Forgot You. I still think he's a class act. Um, I think you'll see the best of him next year. I think he's had a, an amazing prep himself. Um, he's won two Group Twos um, just this prep, and I think it might have just might have just got to the end of it. We we to, we backed him up, um, you know, and there's a fair bit of racing for him, and you know he's he, there's a lot of uh, he's done a lot of work, um, but. Before that race, and may, maybe maybe he has come to the end of it. He'd probably we don't really know, but um, I, I know you won't be seeing the end of him. And I think he'll really st- he'll really stand out and come to his fall um, next season, next prep.
3: Well, if the Derby wasn't big enough in 48 hours' time, you'll be lining up for the Melbourne Cup. Tell us, uh, your, tell us your thoughts on on your runners in the Melbourne Cup.
6: Yeah, so um, I'm actually pretty happy that we've had that Derby because it gets you get you away from stressing and focusing for <laughs> four days on the, on the Cup. But um, I guess that attention will start now. But we, yeah, we've got obviously the favourite with Incentivise and um, we couldn't be more pleased and more happy with him. Peter's pretty happy the way he's travelling and um, thinks, look, well, he doesn't think he's improved because I think it'd be hard to getting yourself to say he'd improved after this Caulfields Cup run. But Peter said he's maintained um, you know, his condition and we're extremely confident and happy. I mean, the draw's not ideal, um, but we'll take it. It's probably better being out there than inside for him. Um, so we're pretty pretty excited to see him go around. Um, you know, it's always daunting when you've got the favourite for such a big race and all the expectations that come, comes with it. But um, I think he's a class act and, and if, as long as he gets some even luck, I think he'll be hard to beat. Um, very elegant. She is, you know, she's uh, she's sort of. I think she's that fourth or fifth favourite now in the betting, or maybe even closer to that. But um, you know, she's just a quality mare, and uh, I I think very elegant is is more. You'll probably see her best, you know, from two thousand or twenty four hundred and um, beyond. So look, I know the conditions are drying for Cup Day, so that's not ideal for her, but on her day, um, you know, she'll be right up there. I, I see her in the finish. I'm hoping she can run top three herself. And then you've got Sir Lucan, who's a bit of an outsider, probably one that we bought for next year. We weren't expecting him to sort of make the field this year. Um, but he's on a really light weight and, you know, 51 kilos. I, I spoke to Bossy, he called me this morning. He had a bit of a, a spin around him and he was pretty upbeat on how he felt. And yeah, so we just go in there with Probably a genuine chance
4: and a um, genuine couple of chances, and hopefully the day is a good day for all involved. I'm intrigued, uh, and mainly because I'm, I'm tipping a second, and she's uh, in my mind, she's one of only two chances, uh, the other one being incentivised, obviously. I thought very elegant's run in the Cox plate was better than people uh, thought, especially from a Melbourne Cup point of view. I know she won't get it all wet, but w- look, would you fall over in shock if she happened to win the Melbourne Cup?
6: No, absolutely not. Without sounding too arrogant, I actually think um, she's probably the one, um, if we didn't own her, she'd probably be one of the ones I would be more concerned about um, for incentivise on her day because she could could absolutely produce um, a run that that could win the race. Um, She's got that turn of foot, you know, that that can win a race like that because you will have, spanish mission and twilight payment and incentivize on the speed and it'll be a decent clip and it will take a horse like her um, that can run over the top of them potentially um tiring late because I do think she'll stay um, she wouldn't surprise me um, at all i would definitely be the, she'd definitely be the one that i'd be
3: concerned about um if we didn't own her. Well, you might need three sets of eyes in the home straight, but it's a nice position to be in. But first things first, congratulations on yesterday. Yeah, this is a horse with a, a great future, Ototsu, and, and really good luck for Tuesday. Thank you so much. Ozzy Keir joining us this morning, of course, owning three runners in the Melbourne Cup and one of the part owners of Ototsu in the derby, and he was dominant.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, gee whiz, it's, uh, we get some terrific guests on the show, don't we? aussie has been terrific with his time, so has Bryce Okulski, who, You who know, basically own half of Australia's good horses, so it was great to get his thoughts not only on the Derby but also his Melbourne Cup horses.
3: Let's go to the Empire Rose, the Tab Empire Rose, and Tefane was well back to win this group one for the Mayors, $2.90.
4: Pride of Jenny
2: led by a length Mirror Vision at the 400 metres To in plenty of air Two off the lead from Flying Mascot Colette's running on the fence And then Mystic Journey in Sierra Sioux Mirror Vision at the clock tower To and Flying Mascot Chisel into the margin Flying Mascot takes the front Mystic Journey Hungry Heart is flashing out wide Mystic Journey And Colette drives through Colette from Mystic Journey Colette just in front Colette, what a ride Colette wins from Mystic Journey, Hungry Heart, Nimalee 4. Then a wall of them. Flying Mascot, Mirror Vision, Tofane couldn't pick up when needed. Steinem, then Sierra Su Kiku, Pride of Jenny made it a race. Still a star, Harmony Rose and Amaralinia, but Ollie's done it again.
3: Yeah, magnificent ground-saving ride by Damien Oliver on Colette there, just, just probing his way through to the inside. She's a wonderful mare, Colette. She's uh, she's uh, the Golden Eagle winner, of course, an Oaks winner. She's now won eight from 20. And I'm glad to see her win on that, that good track yesterday to get that monkey off her back that she's just a or primarily a wet tracker. Well,
4: that was probably the only reason she started $13, wasn't it? It was a good track. She'd only won one race. Uh, a long time ago on a um, wet track. So, look, terrific training effort by James Cummings because, of course, she had a setback. She was a Caulfield Cup bound and just had a little setback. Uh, She's now won two on the bounce and copped a million-dollar bonus, too, for uh, Godolphin. Not that uh, Sheikh Mohammed probably needs an extra million, but he got it anyway. Um, But the story of that race really was Damien Oliver's ride. It was magnificent. And his voice was dripping with emotion afterwards. You can tell it meant a lot to him, in particular in the maybe the twilight years of his career to get such strong support from Godolphin in the last year or so.
3: Mystic Journey, Flying and Hungry Heart was good in third. I don't think Tafane runs a strong mile. Let's go to the Kentala, the mile feature, and this was a ripping finish. On the point of the corner,
2: 500 to go. It's Buffalo River by two lengths. Riodini four lengths away. Mr. Brightside chasing with just folk and Arameo. Then Carmelas, Quantum Mechanic Romance, as Shalo still last. Buffalo River at the 300 metres, and Riodini coming back to them. Mr. Brightside runs up behind them. Cascadian's going to follow it through. King Magnus down the outside. Shalo and Ice Bath run on, but Cascadian drove through at the 100. It's Cascadian just in front of Mr. Brightside. King Magnus super storm late. Cascadian holding on, Superstorm dives. Photo, Superstorm Cascadian with in-between horses, Mr. Brightside, then Ice Bath. Next, just for King Magnus, Riodini, what a finish. Shalo behind them from Arameo, Quantum Mechanic, Buffalo River got tied, Carmelas, Romancer and
3: Zutori. Oliver again, this was a wicked finish. Noses and heads separating the first four, Superstorm, Ice Bath, Cascadian, Mr. Brightside, that's the way the judge called it. Yeah, another surprise.
4: Superior ride from Damien Oliver. Gee whiz. We had Brad Whittup on the show, didn't we, last week with mm, Ice Bath just after but. winning the big race. And uh, she's run second again by the barest of margins. You wouldn't believe it. Another terrific ride in that race. James McDonald on Cascadian, ran third. Uh, Mr. Brightside not far away at the top level. Gee whiz, it was another dog of the day for Craig Williams. He hasn't uh, didn't had a, quite a few good chances in those group ones and across the card came away with duck eggs and hasn't actually won a city winner in Melbourne since Zaki won the Underwood in September. So big run of outs for Craig Gee, Williams.
3: It certainly is. I didn't realise that. Uh, handicaps, they can produce great finishes and that was certainly the case in the Cantala yesterday. Let's go to the Coolmore up the straight over 1,200 metres
2: and the leader is in the Congo with Home Affairs Marine One Chiquero behind them followed by Kalos Sword of State Extreme Warrior next Battleton Extreme Flight and Bruckner well back in the field Pellele ranch and ingratiating overpass and they were followed by Artorias and Minsk Moment that's the order at the 400 metres at its its Home Affairs just in front here and now kicks clear Home Affairs opens up and put up two links Sword of State Extreme Warrior getting out followed by Kalos Battleton Home Affairs went for home at the 150. Three, four links in front. It's put a gap in them. Home Affairs, Brookner out into second, but Home Affairs has made a mess of them. Home Affairs from Brookner. Artorias flashing through for third. Then came Ranch Hand and next over past belt, an ingratiating Minsk moment. Further back Shaquiro.
3: Yeah, Chris Waller has a habit of winning this race and of course a Coolmore horse winning the Coolmore Stud Stakes and Home Affairs He was simply in a different zone, just too fast all the way up the straight. Yeah,
4: that was an imperious win, wasn't it? Uh, The win of the day outside um, the derby. So, yeah, dropping back from the Everest... um you know, to this, uh, to the Coolmore uh, was, uh, you know, terrific for this horse. i tell you what, I thought there was <laughs> nothing, yeah, you know, the winner was obviously classes above, but it was a sneaky good run in this race, I thought. Yeah. Um, the ninth place horse, Shakiro, at 100 to 1, the Magic Minions, you know, just got cluttered, got nowhere to go. I, I reckon he probably would have arguably run a place if he had got clear air. So Shakiro hasn't shown much since the Magic Minions, but um, that run was better than it looked on face value.
3: You're drilling really drilling down now, finding a hundred and one midfield uh, horses no, to follow I like that
4: nothing I can't do, David,
3: and a new word. I, I,
4: I treat every show as though it could be my last, and you know what it may be after today and so
3: the, <laughs> and and your your vocabulary is expanding imperious yeah, not a bad word <laughs> that was that was Flemington, a great start to the the carnival, and of course, we go to Cup day on Tuesday. Let's turn our attention now and quite rightfully to to Rose Hill. Rose Hill Gardens, we had uh, Teneveta with the big one, the 7.5 million Golden Eagle.
0: Here's the Forbidden Love leads up the Golden Eagle field from the Queenslander Apache Chase. Asa's caught three deep in the third, followed by Vangelic Count de Rupi. A media award is in sixth position, deeper out. Then came Ellsberg from I'm Thunderstruck. Maximola, Laws of Indices out very deep. Further back then to Love Tap as they approach the turn from Rev Devola. Very deep out, Private Eye they straighten up now. And Forbidden Love and Apache Chase swing together. Clear from Vangelic Count de Rupi into the clear. Running on well. Then came Asa from Ellsberg. I'm thunderstruck. Private eyes coming right down the outsiders. Count Ruby moved up to take the lead from Apache Chase. It's Count Ruby getting a half length on Apache Chase. Then I'm thunderstruck digging in now. Count Ruby. I'm thunderstruck. Went boom over the top. I'm thunderstruck. Got up to win the golden eagle. Knocked off Count Ruby, And I think Vangelic third in front of Apache Chase
3: and Ellsberg
0: followed by Love tap, forbidden lover, then maximal from a tissue.
3: This was one of these well back winners I was talking about 420 down to 350. But I'm thunderstruck. Hugh Bowman riding, and this horse, fresh from his success in the Group 1 2 rack, takes the $7.5 million Golden Eagle. Mick Price trains in partnership with Michael Ken Jr., and he's been kind enough to join us on past the Post. Uh, Mick, good morning. Congratulations. How are you, David? I'm very well. I'm sure you're well as well. I want to say something about this horse. Um, uh, You know, uh, in the roles we play, we get to see a lot of horses and and we make opinions. I think sometimes the media can be sometimes a little bit too uh, flattering of horses, even though they might look good. But why I've got high respect for this horse is what I've seen of his last two wins, let's pretend the Golden Eagles of Group 1 may as well be, but let's pretend that he's been in big fields in fast-run races and hasn't had trouble free runs. He's just one damn good racehorse who's, you know, virtually could say had a brutal trip of the two-rack and yesterday wasn't the easiest of paths either. But, oh, mate, he's a very, very good horse, isn't he?
7: Well, I think if you take it back to the 1,400-meter group one, the Rupert Clark, and we drew 17, ride cold, come out, and we had Ben Allen playing jockeys on our outside holding us in on a horse that eventually ran seventh. So I think, you know what, that all seems to think it's normal now. I think every time he goes to the races... <laughs> I, every time he goes to races, I think he just puts his gloves on and says, "Right, oh hey, well, let's go." But um, you know that Turek, especially when you saw that uh, helicopter shot, mm. um, horse was in a tight spot and had to had to take it, which a lot of horses wouldn't. A jockey was in a tight spot, and a lot of jockeys wouldn't. He doesn't come across it as aggressive, that John McNeil. But did he? He uh, punched through a gap, horse and rider punched through a gap that which was only just there which is pretty brave. And I spoke to Huey last night. He said it wasn't as bad as it looked. Uh, He had Jack Martin on his outside holding him in. Uh, He said he wasn't worried. Uh, It looked a bit... uh, I was a bit worried at the time. I thought, here we go again. But um, anyway, he pushed out and balanced up and, um, you know, hit the line really well. Um, you know, it was another, it was another really gutsy win by him. So uh, Hughie said if I, if I had have had an uninterrupted run, he said he would have won a bit further. But um, he, he's a really bold horse. Anyway, he's had a great prep, and um, owners are all, all jumping up and down. And um, he'll go to the paddock. He'll, he'll come home from Sydney tonight uh, to Melbourne. We'll have a look at him at Caulfield for a couple of days, and then put him out.
4: Mick, he's got $5 million in the bank, if you don't mind now. He's a Group 1 winner. He's so exciting. What's his long-term future, do you think? I know it's probably a bit hard now, just a day after his no, runs. No. but But what do you think, no, What well, do you think next year?
7: Well, it'll be interesting to see how they rate that um, race yesterday. I don't know how they rate it. How do they classify it, you know? Not that it matters, because he's probably going to go in the same races as a Group 1 handicapper. I think eventually you'd be wait-for-age race, but if you ask me what race, what two races, I'm not sure where they're situated in uh, time-wise to each other, but the Doncaster and the All-Star Mile is at Flemington in the autumn. So you'd think that with all the, uh, you know, they have voting and all that for the All-Star Mile, but he, he's a popular horse, he big, baldy-faced pumpus horse, and, you know, uh, all the Akkadaka fans out there will vote for him, <laughs> I think, so... You know, he he uh, he'll, he'll get a run in the All Star Mile, Flemington and, and the
3: Doncaster. So they'd be the two logicals, you know. And they're of course both over the mile. As, as you know, not looking too far down the track, and not trying to put you in that position. But do you think he's a horse that is more than capable of, of running ten furlongs? Yeah, I do. I think two thousand metres would be good
7: for him. I think twelve hundred metres in a low grade is okay for him on soft track. Uh, Fourteen hundred metres is not. I don't think it's his real journey albeit, you know, in a small field, even at weight for age, which I think he'll carry when he matures, uh, I think that'll be fine for him, fresh up, you know, but a mile's good and a 2,000 metres will be good. Actually, halfway through this uh, preparation, it was put to me, clock's plate. But I thought two things. If you train him for 1,500 metres, you train him with the fresh legs. You don't have to ask him to go 2,000 metres. And the
4: Golden Eagle's worth more. Ooh. So it was pretty simple. Uh, Mick, you're a, a terrific um, judge of your horses. You, you always thought narrowly that I'm Thunderstruck was probably your, your best yesterday, but you obviously had Extreme Warrior running in the Coolmore and Gunstock in the Derby. Both were, were fancied or, or favourite or close to it. Could you just give us the wash-up on, on them? Obviously, they they uh, both of them ran down the track. Gun- Yeah, exactly. Gunstock got galloped on
7: just above his hock on the offside at the 700 metres and John McNeil said I felt he'd go down behind and he said he just sort of looked after himself from that point. So he pulled up a bit shuffly and I thought Extreme Warrior was come out of the pack. He came out of the pack to run a very bold second there at at, at, at the point I was a bit disappointed to see him. Yeah, but he hung in. He hung in and he was quite shuffly this morning, uh, just trotting up. So, look, we'll um, have a good look at him tomorrow and um, go right over him and uh, see what we can find. But, um, yeah, a couple of malfunctions there. Actually, Flemington was not very nice to me yesterday. I
4: was uh, going bad there all day.
7: Daisy's was all right.
4: I was going to ask you about daisies. daisies. Does she go to the Oaks now? She ran second in the Wakeful, obviously. Well, that was the plan. That was the plan. The Wakeful
7: yesterday was her uh, Saturday morning gallop. And, um, look, she, you know, once she hit the front, she went left, right, left. And that's a bit That's a bit like what she is. You know, when when uh, Damien Lane took her to the front at Caulfield, it was a very slow-run race, and he had the rail and, you know, asked her to get going, and she just rolled off by herself, you know. But yesterday, when she had to come out of the pack, um, the you know, head-on just saw, you know, you just saw a very green horse. Uh, I, oh, it's too late too late to be putting blinkers on her now. Going to 2500 meters, but anyway, look, 2500 meters is a different race altogether, isn't it? So I'm hoping she gets it. She's by seed Ring, out of a Snitzel mare, out of a, a Zabil mare. So I'm I'm hoping the Zabil's in the motor there somewhere, and she can get 2500. But uh, that's what sort of filly oh, we think she is. It's just a matter of uh, you know how good she gets it, I guess. But she'll go there.
3: You can reflect on this year, the, the I'm Thunderstruck chapter closes now, closes brilliantly. Isn't it amazing, most of the year, all the talk from, uh, not from you, but uh, from from the media was Ayrton, this Ayrton, that Ayrton, that that, and I'm Thunderstruck was almost like the, the undercar just bobbing along behind him. It's amazing how things mm-hmm. turned out, isn't it?
7: Yeah, look, I've still got good faith in Ayrton, he's had a rough time of it, you know, he had a bad leg there, which is, he's down the beach at the moment with a little bit of residual swelling there from... Uh, we think it was spider bite type stuff. That's how that's how it reacted. That's how his body reacted to it. You know, it's like a toxic sort of a, a response. But um, we might have been lucky there because I've seen that sort of uh, lesion really eat into the flesh where it never busted up the flesh, uh, albeit that he's got a little bit of, um, like I said, residual thickening there. It's not bad. And uh, he'll be back. He just... Um, through the wars, a bit that poor bugger, but uh, yeah, he, he'll be back. He's still
3: a nice horse. Good on you, mate. Congratulations for yesterday, and, and thanks for joining us this morning. No worries, see ya. Thank you, Mick Price joining us this morning, and uh, yeah, I think that sums up the story pretty well. Very good horse, this horse, isn't he? I mean, the, the, the results are there to show you, it's, it's all there to see, but um, he's only had the nine starts for six wins, so. To use an old expression, the world is his oyster.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, the Queenslander Apache Chase for Desley Forster ran fourth. Uh, Didn't look really like a winning chance um, in the straight. But fourth, if you don't mind, still picked up $376,000 in prize money.
3: Yeah, look, I thought Apache Chase was good. I think Apache Chase showed by that run yesterday he's capable of racing against the best anywhere in Australia. And I think uh, Desley and... And the Sharon family are going to have a lot of fun with Apache Chase, who is still relatively lightly raced. Let's go to our last replay from yesterday. This was the classic legend, Eduardo does it all the way. Eduardo swings in front, Dawn Passage
0: travels up well on the outside, Eduardo, it's his birthday today and he leads at the 300 by two lengths on Dawn Passage, Mask Crusade is going nowhere, Eduardo in front by two, three lengths, standout up the inside, lost and running the outside and then Sonare Fox, but Eduardo clear from lost and running, what a way to celebrate the birthday, Eduardo, eight years today and he wins the Classic Legend Stakes, big lost and running and standout third in front of big parade, then came met at I Am Superman late. Mars Crusader didn't pick up, followed then by Tari Sonore Fox, Libertini from Imaging Trekking, Guitra, and uh, Dawn Passage seemed to pull up pretty sharply past the post.
3: He's rising nine, but he's only had th- 24 starts. That was his tenth with Nash Rawilla riding for Joe Pride. He was right in the zone, out in front, controlling and simply too fast.
4: Yeah, it was an uh, interesting pace race, wasn't it? That Joe Pride was moved to, now to declare that Eduardo's the best horse he's ever trained. He always had a soft spot for Terra Vista, but he said he'd now be kidding himself if he didn't elevate uh, Eduardo to his uh, favourite horse of all time.
3: And just two other points. He makes a good point, and this will be one from Dan Yorlin as a journalist. He has got two. He thinks he's got two good racing seasons left in him. He said he's perfectly healthy and, and happy and well, so it'll be interesting to see if he can you know win big races and then compare to horses of similar or same age if they've been able to do those sort of things over time. The other thing is this. You're having a bit of an influence on me (laughs) of your expressions. Give me a spell. Well, not to you. I heard some commentators say yesterday, oh, look, ask Crusader. Why would they write him forward like that? These were the same ones two weeks ago saying oh, you know, he's missing the start, Uh, you know, they need to... They can't have it both ways. Eh. The horse had every possible chance, and I think Tommy Berry summed up correctly, he's come to the end of his campaign. Give give me a spell, David. Give me a spell. Oh, exactly. Give give me a spell. Now, what
4: are we doing with the Melbourne Cup? What are we
3: doing? I think the producer's getting rather nasty now because we're going over time. But you'll need either a sharp pencil or a pen loaded with ink. This, you can play either the first four or the trifecta, with our assessments. So here we go, the top line, the win line. They're right up the top, 1, 2, 3 and 4. Now on the next line, to run second, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 21 and 23. Now the third and fourth lines, this is certainly for the first four, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 12, 15, 16, 19, 21, 22, 23 and 24. I'll get a job at bingo (laughs) later in the day. (laughs) Bingo. I'm I'm, I'm going to repeat it because I'm sure some people weren't ready. they say, oh, I missed it. 1, 2, 3, 4 to win. For second, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 21 and 23. For third and fourth, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 12, 15, 16, 19, 21, 22, 23 and 24. Sir Lucan, if it gets in there <laughs> I'll be eternally grateful to you, as will all of our listeners. Or well, you could do it more
4: simply like I'm doing. I'm I'm just simply going incentivise for first and I'm rovering very elegant for second and third. So if incentivise wins and very elegant runs second or third, I'm gonna take field field uh with very elegant running a place, I'll be just all loaded with cash and it'll be my shout for the Milky Bars for the next year or two.
3: What's your success like in betting on Melbourne Cups? It's not too good in the other race we've discussed over the last few weeks. <laughs> well, I, is the cup any different? Mine's not very good, but I tell you who's is good. My wife, Mel.
4: Like, yeah. She's when I left home this morning to come in and join you in the studio. She was already uh, doing a form. Uh, and she looks at she actually looks at the form. She doesn't just pick out names or jockeys and whatever. And I think she probably would have invested maybe two hundred dollars on Ooh. in in total on the last five Melbourne Cups. And I reckon got two or three grand back. So I haven't seen any of that actually. But she's doing
3: better than me. Put it that way. You'll uh, you'll be busy. But uh, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Now it's been brilliant. Ben Dorry's joining us here on Past the Post, folks. Thanks for your company. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope you make the Melbourne Cup winner. Look forward to you talking to you in soon. Bye bye.